listening to the Yukon Chi Alpha podcast. We're so happy to offer you sermons, interviews, and just spiritual content to help you grow closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, this is the Sunday message uh, for February 7th. We're in Galatians, and so we're going to um, get right to it, guys. I'm going to read. We're reading from Galatians 2. Chapter chapter 2, excuse me, verses 11 through 21. So when Cyphus came to Antioch, Cyphus is Peter, uh, it says, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before each, before certain men came to James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles, because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, and so that their hypocrisy even <clears throat> so that their hypocrisy even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, "You are a Jew, yet you live like Gentile, and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs?" We who are Jews by birth and not simple Gentiles know that a person is not, is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if we... if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners. Doesn't that mean that Christ pronounced sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For though the law, through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been circum, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, and in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Galatians 2, 11 through 21. So what's going on in this verse here is we have Peter... And Paul, and they're kind of like having a little bit of a, um, a controversy, right? There's been some, there's been a conflict. And this is all, again, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about circumcision and uh, the churches in Galatia, which is modern day Turkey, and the areas of Turkey. So this letter would have been written to multiple churches, and there's a problem that was happening in the church in that area that Paul had been in most of these towns and churches in the area. And he had preached to them grace and uh, saving through faith through Jesus Christ to the cross and resurrection. And so just to recap, people have come in there and they're spreading these rules. And so he's basically saying that Peter also believed the same thing. We know this from Acts because there's a, there's a famous scene in Acts um, where Peter um, has this vision and he's, he's you know, told to get up and go and to serve the Gentiles. Like that it's okay to eat meat and these things are all right. And so What's going on in this moment right here is, um, is Paul is basically, he's talking about how at the time when he had to confront Peter, uh, and um, Peter kind of 
being a little a little bit of a hypocrite, right? And as Christians, we're, we're sometimes we're accused of being hypocrites. But we can kind of understand where Peter is coming from, can't we? Like, have you ever wanted to impress people? Um, have you ever been afraid in certain social settings, the recourses of being different? Or um, have you ever felt the pressure of, you know, walking into a room and, and like, you know, maybe, you're, maybe you need to get a job? Like, it's a job interview and you say the right things. Or maybe you're trying to make a team. It's a team interview before you go and you um, you go out for the um, the practice and the scrimmage where they're going to be like looking at how you perform at a certain skill level of a um, sport. Um, there are lots of reasons why we could be pressured and feel this inward ability to be liked and to be um, to to say and to do things that we might not normally do or we might not want to do because we want to be liked, right? We want to have this social ability to um, to move our 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 way through the world um this this thing that we call like i call it wanting to be liked it's but it's a it's an idea of like that we as people as humans as my, my son would say the humans when he looks at when ben looks at his little um lego minifigs he calls them humans i just think it's so cute um and so but we are humans right we're we're creating the image of god we're created for a community we talk about it all the time at calfo right we're created for a community and we want real community real relationships and um, and that that can also make us sometimes want to be fake in order to build a friendship. So this is this is what I mean by that. Like there's a social pressure and there are social recourses for being different, right? And so you might inherently know if you walk into a room, and um, being a certain type of Christian is going to cost you maybe a position for a job, or maybe a position um, for a club. Or maybe some of the, it might cost you, um, I don't even know, right? Maybe it might cost you getting into a grad school program if they realize, like, you believe certain things about Jesus and the world. Um, that could cost something. So sometimes we, we want to mitigate that. We all do this, every single one of us. Um, there's something in us that says, you know what, because we, we, we don't want to, um, to be in conflict. Even those of us like me who like conflict, um, who are more prone to conflict. No one enjoys conflict, even if I'm prone to, if I want to make the conflict happen. I don't enjoy being in conflict. And so often what we will do is, right, is we walk into that room and maybe it's um, maybe it's because you want to, you know, the recourses of getting a job. You just want to impress somebody. Um, and it can be something simple, right? You know that that boss is trying to hire you as a Boston Celtics fan, but you're really, you're really a Warriors fan. Um, you, you might not know, or maybe even you know they're a basketball fan and you've never, you don't know anything about basketball and you fake knowing things about basketball. You kind of try to fake your way through that and the awkwardness of that conversation, right? That can kind of build up. And so what Paul's doing right here is, is Paul is saying to, saying to Peter, he's like, Peter, you're being fake. You see, you're faking it because you're trying to impress these other Jewish believers, because you're, you're starting to question. See, Peter was starting to question his calling there. He was starting to question, and he, he knew the truth. Um, he knew Jesus intimately, and he had had this vision from Jesus on the roof in Joppa. And so he knew the truth. He knew that the gospel was for all, and he knew that these men who are Gentiles did not need to be circumcised. But, but because he wanted to, to keep the unity of the body of Christ, and maybe his insecurities were coming in there, because we know that Peter also like all of us, had insecurities. And his insecurities were coming into that place. And so Peter just said, you know, 
I, I'm just going to try to keep the peace here and just like kind of like I'm going to kind of kind of like walk in this in a little bit and try to like you know I don't I, maybe they're right I don't want to make them upset I don't want to make them mad for whatever reason Peter didn't want to make them mad and Paul is like Paul is literally saying like you are acting like you have to obey by the Jewish law when you're with Jewish people but then you live a different way when you're with Gentiles and, but, and then now you're trying to say the Gentiles have to be circumcised Paul's saying you are acting like a hypocrite right now. And if we're if we're honest with ourselves, we all act like hypocrites, right? We all fake it, which is what I think a hypocrite is. Someone who's faking it. Um, and we're all right there, right? And Paul's just saying, he's like, you can't live that way. And so if you've ever been in those situations, and, and again, it can be as simple as faking understanding something that somebody cares about instead of just asking questions and then you don't understand it. Um, that's an example of it. What Peter has been doing to uh, the churches in Galatia is, is he's been really like um, doing it in a deeper level of, of hypocrisy. And, um, and Paul is just making an argument for us here that we have to live in the faith of Jesus Christ alone. That, that we don't have to fake anything to be in, in, in Christ Jesus. And so we talked about this again last week and this is a follow-up of that point, right? Um, but what does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? Paul would tell you. This is what Paul is saying here. He's saying to be a disciple of Christ does not mean whether you go to church necessarily. It doesn't mean whether you um, read your Bible every day necessarily. Although those things, you should be doing those things if you're a disciple of Christ. Um, it's not this legal law thing. He's saying that like, if you look at the Old Testament, if you look at Levitical law, it's like, number one, man, no one ever did this. No one ever kept it. But two, that that law, if we look in verse, um, if you have your Bible open, if you want to look with me real quick, he literally lays this out very clearly. Um, and it, it is in verse 15. So we who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith, in Christ and not by the works of the law because by the works of the law no one will be justified but verse 17 in seeking to be justified in Christ we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners does that mean that Christ promotes sin absolutely not if I rebuild what I destroy then I really would be a lawbreaker so what he's saying is is that the Gentiles didn't have the law the law points out sin so we were saved before Christ by the law because the law was pointing out sin and then we were therefore doing these acts these same sacrifices in the temple that the that old covenant was covering us he's saying but now we are in christ jesus we are saved through faith in christ alone and so by doing so that makes us just we we're now just like this we're just like the gentiles so we're one we're equal um and his argument there simply does that make us does that mean that christ is promoting sin if we're like the gentiles who you you jews believe are the sinners no, it doesn't mean that. It just means that we are all, um, we're all equal. We've all fallen short of the glory of God in Isaiah. And he's saying, so the law, basically what Paul's making an argument for here is simply this, is that the law points out sin and it was a way for us to be redeemed before Jesus. But Jesus came in as the final scapegoat. He came in as the last lamb of sacrifice. A perfect lamb was required to forgive sins. 
a goat was released into the wilderness to forgive sins for all of Israel. And Jesus, as God, was that releasing, right? And so Paul's saying, like, if, if that's the case, then man, he, Christ died for nothing if we have to be circumcised. And so in the same level, when people come to you and maybe they're pressuring you to do things that are extra to the gospel. So something extra to the gospel could be a many, many things. It could be like you have to be in church seven days a week. Well, that's extra to the gospel, right? You don't have to be in church seven days a week to be a Christian or to be saved. Maybe it's, you know, um, you have to go to confession 20 times a year, or you have to pay penances, or, um, and I'm not speaking against uh, Catholicism right here. Uh, in general, there are many Catholic believers. I have friends that are Catholic believers who love Jesus deeply. Um, and, and so we're not saying that, like, uh, but that whenever we add, the issue is, is that sometimes we add extra onto this, Thing that Jesus is enough. And that's what Paul is saying. He's like, Jesus is enough. We don't need to be saved by our works. Our works come out of our salvation. They're a result of our salvation. They're a result of the joy of our salvation. But Jesus is enough. That's really what Paul is saying to us. And so we have to think to ourselves, um, what does it mean I love this verse at the at the end here. He talks about, he says in verse 20, actually I'm going to read 19 to you too because it's just so good. For though the law, through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. So, Paul's saying, I mean, get this guys, through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. So the law pointed out what was wrong with him? He then died through by the law. He got to die to the law. And then by dying to the law, through dying to Christ, he gets to live for God. For he says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. And so Christ lives within Paul, and he lives within you if you have said yes to Jesus. So the life I now live in my body, I live by faith. In the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me, I do not set aside the graces of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Paul's point is super, super simple here. It's super simple. People are going to try to put extra things on the gospel. Now, I want to be very clear. Um... Paul gets this from Jesus, and we can see this in Mark 8, verses 34 through 38, um, where it says, And then he called to the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to be saved, their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous, sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes into his glory, into his Father's glory with the holy angels. You say, Gil, well, how is that anything like we just read in Galatians about righteousness? Because if we're died to Christ um, and we're not saved like by our works and Christ is living in us, then that, that means that, you know what? Living in that world and figuring out the in-between is really hard because there are things that are added to our, 
the works can be added on top of Christ, and that can be legalistic, like Peter was doing, and we can fake it, and we can submit to others, both secular and, and Christian, and those things will draw us away from the center of God's heart. But God's heart is going to call us to hard places. If you read this, in order for us to have Christ in us, he says, whoever wants to be a disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. If you want to save your life, you have to lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel, for the good news, will save it. What good is it to gain the whole world? You can't gain the whole world, guys. Like you can. What are your ambitions? I want to challenge you that your soul is more important than any ambition you have. You might want to be a millionaire. You might want to be a superstar. You might want to uh, be a teacher. You might want to be a mother. You might want to be a father. You might have many, many ambitions. But God has going, he is going to call you to hard places. And, and Paul is saying that conflict is hard. He's saying figuring this out is hard. Walking in these, these in-betweens is hard because we need the works. Like you should go to church. You should read your Bible. You should be in small group. Um, you should do those things because that's where God is. And that's where God's people are. You should do those things because God wants you to, um, to be with him. You should sit in silence and solitude. You should pray. But whenever anyone says that you're putting those things over top of saved by faith alone, um, and you start to submit to that, or you start to submit to the world, you're moving out of center. If you want, the, you want it to be easy and following Christ to be easy, which is really kind of a little bit, um, you know, what these Jewish people are saying here in, in some ways, right? They're saying, like, this is the way we know it. We want it to be easy. We want it to, like, if you look at our world right now, a lot of Christians want everything to be easy. Our world wants it to be easy. But Jesus is saying, no, if you want, you have to take up your cross, an execution device, and you have to follow me. So as we think about that, about this idea of, of, of hardness, I would just like to close out this, this time with you guys um, with this thought. And, it, and this, it's just this idea of, like, you think about the idea of, like, um, of conquering life, right? So if, if I want to gain my life, if I want to gain the world, I have to lose my life. And when you think about that with the cross and Jesus lost his life for you, what are the things you need to do to put yourself in the position to choose the hard ways of Jesus and to live joyfully in those places? I think about um, my journey and I think about the fact that I came to a point where uh, I felt really called of God to be uh, to be a Catholic missionary, to be a pastor. And I, I could question it two ways, right? Like the easy thing, there was really, for me personally, there was really no easy path. The path that I chose in following Jesus was going to be hard. My, my parents, um, I, you know, if they listen to this, I, they might hear, understand this, but they didn't really love Jesus. They didn't know Jesus in the way that I knew Jesus. So there was resistance from my parents, there was resistance from Lindsay, and I mean, Lindsay's parents, not from my wife. Um, but our, our calling was was tested, and it was not easy. And we gave up a lot. We gave up uh, what someone would say careers in places where we would have had good jobs. Um, one of us would have made more than the other, but we gave up the ambition to, to go that direction. Um, even in our career now, we've given up things to take care of, our, to raise our family the way we felt best for our family and for our children with homeschooling and stuff. We've, we've sacrificed things 
for the good of others. So that, and we've done this also because of this one thing, guys. I want you to understand something. I inherently want to always be in charge. Um, that is both a good thing um, in that it makes me a good leader. I can make decisions and I can, I can move forward. But it also is a bad thing in that um, it, it really can corrupt my soul. And so that verse 36 of Mark 8, uh, verses 34 through 38, where he says, What good is it for someone to gain their whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Um, power is corruptive. And so I had to put myself in places too where I think God called me to submit to others and to submit to, to leaders and to submit to, to just to him and to say, you know what, you're not as important as you think you are and you don't have to be important. Um, because my I needed to develop character in my soul. Because I was compelled by the good news of Christ. And you can be compelled by the good news of Christ and make a lot of money. You can be compelled by the good news of Christ and be a leader who is in power and in charge of lots of people and lots of things. That, that's what God's called you to. You can be compelled to be a politician. You can be compelled to be a teacher, a mother, a father. But the but we, need, but we all need to be compelled by the gospel and just the gospel. That's Paul's point in Galatians to the Galatians right here. Don't add anything to the gospel. It is good news for all. And so what is God's good news for you today? And what are the things that you need to lose your life for? Don't think of it as you have to be a full-time minister. Don't think of it as you have to. Although God might call some of you to that. Think of it as this. What has God gifted you in? Where is he calling you to? And what are the places where you've been fake? Where you're like Peter. And you need to die to self. And you need to pick up your cross. And you need to lose your life for the gospel. That does not mean you can't have things. Does not mean you can't have a career. Does not mean God can't use you. It simply just means that, that God is more important is bigger than you. That you're not your own God. Because you can gain all of that. Both Paul and Jesus are saying that in this, in this sermon, through these verses, right? You can gain it all. And you can lose your soul. Are you gaining kingdom, heavenly wealth? Are you forfeiting your soul right now? What would you give if you knew you could be the, your best self what would you give what is the cost what do you value your soul at let me pray for you Father God I thank you for my friends as we couldn't meet together but I pray this message will bless them that your name is upon it and may you may we may we understand that we cannot add things to the gospel and we can't fake it that we need to just be who we are in Christ Jesus, even when it's hard. And I thank you that you're with us. And I thank you that it is saved by faith through grace and the cross and resurrection. I thank you that I don't have to stand up to the minute law. The minute not meaning minimum, Lord, but just the, the details of the law that seem impossible because that's how unholy we are and how holy you are. And so we thank you for your holiness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your righteousness. And we thank you for your justice. Be with our hurting world and heal 
he'll heal those that are sick and kick this virus out of here. And we thank you for the people who are working on doing just that. Amen.